Chapter 11 of Select Conversations with an Uncle, Now Extinct, and Two Other Reminiscences. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Colleen McMahon. Select Conversations with an Uncle, Now Extinct, and Two Other Reminiscences by H.G. Wells. Chapter 11 The Great Change. My uncle had been hectic all day. I knew and dreaded what was coming, and said nothing that by any chance could lead up to it. He absent-mindedly tipped the emu sixpence. Then we came to the warthog. A bachelor, he said, meditatively, scratching the brute's back. I hastily felt for a saving topic in the apprehensive darkness of my mind, and could find none. I expect I shall be married in October, said my uncle. Then, sighing, the idol of my engagement was short-lived. It was out. Now the day, my last idle day with my poor uncle, was a hideous wreck. All the topics he had fluttered round vanished, and, cold and awful, there loomed over us the one great topic. "'What do you think of marriage, George?' said my uncle, after a pause, prodding the warthog suddenly. "'That's your privilege,' said I. "'Married men don't dare to think of it. Bigamy.' privilege is it such a headlong wreck of one's ideals as they say said my uncle is that dreamland furniture really so unstable in use of course said i it's different from what one expects but it seems to be worse for the other party at least to judge from the novels they engender in their agony so far as i can see he proceeded what happens is very similar to a thing a scientific chap was explaining to me the other day there are some little beasts in the sea called ascidians and they begin life as cheerful little tadpole things with waggling tails and big expressive eyes they move freely about hither and thither and often travel vast distances in an adventurous way then what he called metamorphosis begins the little tadpole waggles his way to a rock and fixes himself head downward then he undergoes the oddest changes becomes indeed a mere vegetative excrescence on the stone secretes a lot of tough muck round himself and is altogether lost to free oceanic society he loses the cheerful tail loses most of his brain loses his bright expressive eye the bother of it said i is that very often the wandering expressive eye is not lost in the human metamorphosis putting it another way one might say that the kind of story that ovid is so fond of describing the affairs of daphne and io for instance are fables of the same thing an interlude of sentiment, and then a change into something new and domesticated, rooted, fixed, and bounded in. "'It is certainly always a settling down,' said I. "'I don't like this idea of settling down, George,' he shuddered. "'It must be a dreadful thing to go about always with a house on your mind. "'You get used to it. "'And besides, you don't go about so much.' He gave the bachelor warthog a parting dig, and we walked slowly and silently through the zebra house towards the elephants. "'Of course we do not intend to settle down,' he said presently, with a clumsy effort to render his previous remarks impersonal. "'A marriage invalidates all promises,' I explained. "'The law recognizes this in the case of wills.' "'That's a new view,' he said, evidently uncomfortable about something. "'It follows from your doctrine of metamorphosis.' A marries B. Then the great change begins. A gradually alters into a new fixed form, C, while B flattens and broadens out as D. It is a different couple, and they cannot reasonably be held responsible for the vagaries of A and B. That ought to be better understood. 
it would perhaps be as well before marriage edwin vows to devote his life to angelina and angelina vows that she will devote her life to edwin after marriage this leads to confusion if they continue to believe such promises marriage certainly has that odd effect on the memory you remember angelina's promises and forget your own and vice versa there is no apparition more distressing than the ghost of a dead promise said my uncle especially when it is raised in the house of your friends we passed through the elephant house in silence i wonder what kind of man i shall be after the change george it's all a toss-up he continued after an interval i've seen some men improved by it you for instance you were a mere useless indecent aspirant to genius before the thing came upon you now you are a respectable journalist and gracefully anxious to give satisfaction to your editor but my own impression is that a man has to be a bit of an ass before he can be improved by marriage most men get so mercenary they simply work and do nothing a rational creature should they are like the male ants that shed their wings after the nuptial flight and their wives go round talking fashion articles and calling them dear old stupids and flirting over teacups with the unmarried men or writing novelettes about the child man and living their own lives i've been an unmarried man and i know all about it every intelligent woman now seems to want to live her own life when she is not engaged in taking the child man out into polite society and trying to wean him from alcohol and tobacco however this scarcely applies to me not now i said and he winced i wonder how it feels most men go into this without knowing of the change that hangs over them but i am older it would not be nice for a caterpillar if he knew he was going to rip up all along his back in a minute or so yet i could sympathize with such a caterpillar now anyhow george i hope the change will be complete i would not like to undergo only a partial metamorphosis and become a queer speckled monster all spotted with bachelor habits yet i sometimes think i am beyond the adolescent stage and my habits rather deeply rooted hitherto i have always damned a little at braces and collars and things like that i wish i knew where one could pick up a few admissible expletives and i loaf about london all day sometimes without any very clear idea of what i'm after telling chaps in studios how to paint and talking to leisurely barristers and all that sort of thing she i said will probably help you to conquer habits of that sort yes i dare say she will said my uncle i forgot that for the minute end of chapter eleven recording by colleen mcmahon